Hi, everyone. Welcome to Money Mochas, a series of short and sweet money teachings to empower your relationship with money. Powerfully potent, these lessons are easily digestible, bite-sized morsels of financial wisdom that pair perfectly with your favorite morning coffee and go down just as easily. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, my year-long money school and global community that I'm honored to lead with love, encouragement, and more than a little dark chocolate. What you're about to hear is a delicious sample of the practical financial tools and personal support you'll find in my flagship program, The Art of Money. The Art of Money offers a comprehensive framework with a nurturing body-based approach to guide and inspire you along your money healing journey. You can dive deeper at barrytesler.com. So wherever you are in your relationship with money, the simple tools shared in today's Money Mocha have the power to create dramatic change. So grab your morning cup, relax, and sip along as you enjoy this Money Mocha. So I want to talk about couples and money because this can be a very challenging part of our relationship to navigate, to discuss. So I know so many wonderful couples who have great communication skills, have a great sex life, have a very good relationship, have been together for a few years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And money is still their area of tension. Money is still the area where the fighting happens, where the breakdowns happens, the miscommunication happens. And I've seen over the years that when I can work with couples, when I do my own money work with my husband and have been for the last 16 years, that we truly can move mountains. Because again, this was not something that we were taught in grade school and up in small increments is how to have a relationship to money. We did not receive a financial education on a practical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual level. And so we did not learn how to have our own relationship to money, let alone merge with another person, right? Become a, you know, get into a relationship. And then all of a sudden, we there's a whole dynamic, there's how they spend and earn and save and invest, and there's how we spend and save and earn and invest. And even if we came from the same economic backgrounds, which usually we don't, but sometimes we do, the way we relate to money on all those levels, earning, spending, saving, giving, investing, borrowing, and so on, we do differently. We really, really, really do differently. And we're usually pretty horrified at first how different we are and we want to judge and we want to blame and we do all sorts of things and usually money conversations the way they happen is right before you're going to sleep and then all of a sudden someone wants to talk about a challenging thing that's going on or someone's taking a shower and you are downstairs and you see the credit card statement and you run up the stairs and you're pretty upset and you're saying, you spent money on what? So normally there are not money dates. There's not protocol. There's not a framework of how do we talk about money? When do we talk about money? Wouldn't it be lovely if we just went to our partner 
or a spouse or a sweetie and said, hey, honey, is this a good moment to talk about money? Instead of just launching right into what's going on in the bank statements or credit card statements or you know, big fears that you're having or how you have to move over money. And these are all important conversations to be had, no doubt. So today I wanted to give a simple little framework of how couples can begin again around money and start over. And, and instead of, you know, talking about the numbers right away, I always say, don't talk about the numbers, number one. That's step number three. And that's step number four. So I wanted to give a simple four-phase framework. So here we go. In the honor of love, of relationship, and the often gnarly territory, when money enters the picture, here is my take on how to create harmony with your honey around money. The concepts and suggestions here are the fruits of many years of trial and error with my own hubby, Forrest Linden as well as working with the wonderful and diverse couples who have come into my practice over the last 15 years. Four phases of creating money harmony with your honey. I'll I'll name all four and then give a little more description of each. So number one is story time. Number two is talking about your values. Number three is who, what, where, who's on what, who's doing what. And number four are quickies in the kitchen or longer money dates. So I love to support couples to begin to have money dates um, because number one, again, we're talking about this in all sorts of inappropriate moments and we're never really saying to each other, hey, honey, is this a good time to talk about money or let's actually set up a time or a date to talk about money. And so, so much has been swept under the rug or there's lots of patterns and dynamics that haven't been healthy over the years or there's lots of yelling and swearing that happens. So I want to begin again, no matter if you're a new couple, no matter if you've been together for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. So phase one is story time and it's seeing one another through deep listening So before attending to the practical parts of money with your honey or making decisions, it's essential to deeply see one another and shoot for shared reality around your money stories. So I'm inviting you all to carve out a special time and a place to share your money stories with each other. Let one person speak and the other one listen and then switch. So no, this isn't chatting or anything like normal conversation, if you're listening, your job is to listen. It's to be quiet. It's to check in and notice what are you feeling. Are you wanting to go screaming, running away? You may. Are you feeling angry? You may. Are you wanting to blame? You may. But just come back to yourself and listen. And I know this is easier said than done, but let your partner have five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever you agree upon, with no interruption Simply let it in, take it in what they're sharing, and then switch, and then it's your turn to speak and, and, and to share some money stories, okay? So this is everything, I mean, this, this territory is sharing stories from our upbringing, sharing how our parents did money, 
Um, what was our role with our siblings? Were you the spender? Were you the saver? Um, what did you watch your parents do? Um, what did they consciously, unconsciously teach you? Do you remember fighting behind closed doors? Do you remember someone paying bills? These are the kind of stories that I'm trying to understand and help you share with each other. What economic background did you come from? How did you feel about that? And so on, okay? So things like, here's where I came from. These were my parents. Here's why I freaked out over this. This is where I have anxiety. This is where I feel shame. This is why I spend save the way I do. Or simply, these are my feelings. And I don't completely understand them yet. So you can start by talking about your upbringing and what you learned from your family of origin. And you can also share stories about current current feelings and emotions and experiences that you're having. So here are some questions to spark conversation. What is your mother's relationship with money? How is yours the same or different? What is your father's relationship with money? How is yours the same or different? How did your ethnicity or religion or spirituality impact your relationship to money? And what was your money role in your family, especially around your siblings? I already mentioned that one. So that's a little bit about story time. And I always invite and encourage couples to start here first. Instead of with the numbers, instead of getting out the bank statements or the credit card statements or your bills or your invoices, is to start here with story time. I know so many couples that have been together for years and years and years, and they still learn new things about each other, about each other's money stories that they simply had never heard before. So step one is storytelling. Step two is talking about your values. So you came together because on the surface you have similar values in life and lifestyle and worldview and all of that, right? That's how we that's part of why we fall in love. There's many other reasons around attraction um, and chemistry and all of that, right? But there is something about we have shared values, we have a shared vision, and we are, you know, and then we are falling in love, you know. And, and so on the surface, it seems that we have very similar values. But when it comes to actually earning and spending money and saving money and investing and so on, we usually do that different. And we usually think our way is right and the other person's way is wrong. We always have things to learn from each other. What couples usually polarize. And I see over and over that each of them has something to teach the other and that ultimately they need to come closer to each other. Um, meaning they, you know, I have some to share. I have some good qualities around money um, that I can share with my husband and him with me. And we do polarize on the surface. And it seems at first one person becomes the smarty pants. They came from a financial, a traditional financial background and it seems they know everything and they know how to do everything and you feel like the stupid one. That's never true, but sometimes that dynamic plays itself out. Or you are the one who pays attention. You are the one who tracks all your numbers and pays attention and you're the one who's spending most of the money or and your spouse is sticking their head in the sand and not wanting to have anything to do with the numbers or look another polarization. One person pays so much more attention and there's a lot more anxiety and worry. The other person is like, everything's fine. Everything's great, right? The optimist or the pessimist or there's, I'm generalizing, there are so many ways to polarize. So when it comes to values, I want you as a second phase to sit down and talk about your different values about life 
and priorities and what's important to you. And then you can start talking about how do you spend your money in alignment with your values? How do you earn your money in alignment with your values? How do you invest your money in alignment with your values? And there may be some ones where you disagree on as far as the spending. And I'll give you an example from me and my husband. So he came to me years ago and said he wanted to buy a road bike. And I was horrified because I don't spend money in that way on larger purchases. And I just did, I don't understand gear, right? So I was a dancer and I hike. You don't need any gear for any of that. And so he sat me down and he, he kind of made his case and that's okay. That's how we do it. Um, and he made his case for why spending money in this way was important to him, was going to be a good money decision, was a value of his that was very important. It had anything, everything to do was with he had Lyme's disease and for him, if he actually rides his bike five, six days a week and exercises in a really strenuous way, riding a bike up the mountains in Boulder, Colorado, it actually improves his health and it keeps the Lyme disease at bay. Um, He said he would earn sexy points from being really fit and healthy and looking great and feeling great and on and on. He told me exactly how he was going to pay it, what he was going to put down, the extra website gig that he was going to do to pay for the rest of it. And he presented a whole case. And while I don't spend money in that way. I ha- I heard him. I wanted to hear him. I really really wanted to understand why this value was so important to him and why spending his money in this way was going to represent these deeper values and what it was. So on the other end of the spectrum is me where he doesn't understand my value for self-care and going to an acupuncturist weekly or um, getting massage or uh, lotions, right, and products and things like that. So I had to explain to him why that level of self-care helps me so much in my work as my role as the art of money teacher, as the financial therapist, as a mama, and why this is essential for me. And I had to make my case, right? Because he doesn't spend money um, in self-care in this way. And so we both made our cases. And what was really interesting is that even at one point, we added up his bike expense that was really clear and my self-care over a year or two years and it equaled I think it was maybe two years it might have even been three years of my self-care but still you add up all my self-care over a three-year period which is usually how long he is his bike or longer and they were the same amount so you know starting with the values what's important to you about life and and how are you going to spend your money and our money if you're merged in accordance with those values. That's a really important um, dialogue and conversation to be having, and it's the second phase of money dates for couples. So the third phase is who, what, where. So who's on what? And so, um, you know, with couples, one of the areas to discuss is are you merging your finances or are you separating? So me and my husband were separate for seven full years and that worked really well for us where other couples merge from day one because that's what their parents did or that's what the generations before or that's what the family told them to do or on and on. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. I'm always looking for what's the next right step for deeper intimacy or what phase of life you're in as a couple, I've seen couples who were more merged from day one and merged for 20-some years, and the way they kept their marriage healthy 
and their relationship to money healthy was that they separated out their finances. Um, I've seen other couples that were separate for years finally merge and how beautiful um, that was to their relationship. So that's one of the things to discuss is merge your separate account. Another thing to discuss is um, what tracking system are you using and who's going to be using it? So uh, ultimately you may switch in a long marriage, right? Or in a long relationship. One of you may really be excited about bookkeeping systems and tracking software and want to track your numbers for a while and then maybe you switch, you know, so I did our family bookkeeping for years and years and years on QuickBooks and I loved it. It was a great practice for me to stay awake and really notice every few days what was coming in, where it was going. I learned so much about my patterns, life patterns, spending patterns, etc., income patterns. And then at some point, Forrest said to me, I'm going to take over the tracking and I'm going to get us on Mint. And then he got us on iBank and I thought, fabulous. And that took many years. So who's on what? Who is going to learn the bookkeeping system? Who's going to track? And then I really suggest that you both come in for a monthly money date and you review all the numbers there, but I'm kind of jumping ahead. So that's who's on what, who's doing what, who's paying the bills weekly, right? Who's tracking the numbers are you both looking at the numbers together? So who's running that part of the show? Um, one of you may feel more comfortable doing it. One of you may feel like you like to be in control. And so that's why you're doing it. Ultimately, I want both of you on the same team. So here's phase four. So phase four are quickies in the kitchen or longer money dates. So quickies in the kitchen are those quick money conversations that you have to have. They could be five minutes, right? In the kitchen of this money transfer needs to happen. This account is getting low. This bill needs to be paid. This These expenses are coming up, right? So sometimes quickies in the kitchen can be good, right? <laughs> Important for, a, you know, a partnership, a marriage. And other times we need a longer conversation and a longer money date. And these are money dates that can be once a week. They could, for half an hour, out for a glass of wine and dinner. They could be once a month for an hour where you're reviewing all the data that was tracked by one of you or that was tracked by your bookkeeper. And you sit down and review. And this is really about getting on the same page. So how much money, how much income is coming in? Are you having cash flow dips? What are your spending patterns? Who's spending what? How do you each feel about all of that? Is it working? Is it not? You know, again, are different values being represented? Can they be respected? Um, what phase of life are you in? And can you really, really support each other? You may need to make a decision that one of you wants to leave their their job in the corporate world after all these years or they've been a professor for years and they want to do something else and that happens in a long relationship where all of a sudden one of us wants to shift or change our work and that's scary that can be scary if you're dependent on one strong income or two strong incomes and and these are the kind of questions in the longer money dates that I want you to be discussing and bringing up and there's a lot of decisions to be made as a couple 
And money is a really significant part of that. And so I want to go back. These four phases need to be practiced. At first, they may not be fun. At first, there may be some blaming. You got to catch it. At first, there may be some yelling and swearing. You got to catch it. Um, there may be, they may be filled with tension. And they usually are, right? Again, because we weren't taught how to talk about money with ourselves, let alone our partners and our spouses. And so I'm inviting you all to begin again with these four phases, one step at a time. Story time is first. Talking about values is second. Who's on what is third. And quickies in the kitchen or longer money dates and longer visioning um, in phase four and getting on the same team. And so I'll give you one, I will give one example of this just to leave you with. And it's one of my favorite couples who's out of Boston. And this is a male and female couple. And he came from a very traditional financial background. And so he thought he knew everything. He knows a lot. You know, he's smart. He knows a lot. This is his training and background. And he thought he could teach his wife everything. But his wife was over there having a lot of emotions around money, having a lot of feelings, and was trying to express all of this. And he was just wanting to teach her how to use the spreadsheet, you know, and look at the numbers. And she was having her whole cocktail of emotions over there. And so she suggested that they join the Art of Money. And he was very resistant and he was very skeptical because, again, this is his training and background and he thinks he could teach her everything. Um, but I don't know how much his arm was twisted, but he joined and maybe he joined, you know, on the surface just for her. And so she could do this work. But slowly they learned a lot of the tools that I teach in the Art of Money and a lot of the practices. And they started having money dates. And I know that the money dates were not fun at first. Um, but they practiced them over and over and over. And now they talk about how their money dates don't have swearing and fighting like they used to. They have, you know, a common language that they can speak. They have a place in time where they can have money dates. And they, ha they are slowly learning um, how to talk about money in a different way, in new ways, um, how to talk about, you know, how for her to have space to talk about all the emotions that come up, for him to be able to hear it better, hear her better, listen more, understand her more. And, you know, he's admitted that these tools inside the Art of Money were not part of his training at all, and that he was wrong in the sense that he really couldn't teach her. He couldn't teach her how to have a relationship to money, um, that they they needed common ground and they needed these money dates and they needed to go back to the storytelling and talking about values and then discussing the numbers and then getting on the same team. So that is a little bit about how couples, no matter how long you have been together, can go back to the beginning again with a clean slate and start to have money dates and go through these four phases as a practice and learn how to discuss money and have money conversations in a whole new way that brings so much more intimacy and love and compassion to your relationship to money and to your whole life.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this Money Mocha. I hope you enjoyed some inspiration along with your morning cup and that you feel empowered to write a new chapter in your relationship with money. After all, money touches everything in our lives. If you feel called to wade deeper here, pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations, and grab your favorite person. My holistic framework blends therapeutic, body-based practices with the real life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your money life. So if you are ready to begin your money healing journey with the art of money today, you can learn more at barrytesler.com.